Welcome to another episode of The Open Door. Brought to you by Legendary Living Arts and Waking Way Productions. We are your hosts, Kelly. And Kelly. We invite you to walk through the door with us to explore different perspectives on health, wellness, reality, and everything in between. So today, I wanted to talk about the concepts of stillness, emptiness, and the process of finding self. So I've, I've, you know, talked to some friends and and Kelly and I were talking earlier and it basically boils down to this. We're in, in the West, especially we're fixated on the whole concept of emptiness. Not a lot of people wanted to talk about stillness. We, we have the concept of the void in a lot of spiritual paths, especially, especially from the East. We have this concept of the void being uh, the end-all, be-all of spiritual realization. This is an illusion. This is not the end-all, be-all of spiritual evolution or spiritual realization. It is a realization. It is an understanding. It is a point of reference of experience and experiencing a space that is beyond the mind. And this is why it tends to be fixated on. This is why the void is such this such a big issue or a big topic to talk about um, because people also like to talk about it and mentally analyze it and project their assumptions of what the void is actually about. And they like to pick it apart and they like to talk about it even more so that they can validate their own defense mechanisms, their own emotional defense mechanisms of projecting onto the concept before they ever get there so that they have a predetermined experience, so that their ego has a predetermined experience, so that they can control their ego and their defense mechanisms, can control the information, and can control the experience, so that it does not break any patterns, so that it does not break any defense mechanisms, so that our survival mechanisms and our reptilian uh, defense mechanisms stay intact. Now, the concept of emptiness is talked about an awful lot and used a lot in meditation. Because a lot of people assume that emptiness is the same thing as the void and is the same thing as stillness. And it is not. Emptiness is a concept. Emptiness is a word. Emptiness is a word that we use to describe something that the mind cannot understand. The mind and the ego, the fear-based ego, and our reptilian defense mechanisms, our survival mechanisms, love the concept of emptiness because we already have an idea of what emptiness is and looks like and feels. And a lot of the times it is simply expressed as imagining an empty room, right? And then break down the walls and then everything is empty. Everything is empty. And... There are problems with fixating or attaching or using this concept because it's easy. It's easy to understand. It's easy to analyze. Oh, it's an empty room. Oh, white walls, empty room. It's an easy, easy thing to understand. You can project it on top of what you are feeling. Your survival mechanisms can project it onto your awareness without you understanding what's going on. 
Because what you are doing is you are projecting outward this idea that you are surrounded on the outside of yourself with an empty room. So what you are doing is you're projecting outward around yourself instinctively right off the bat. As soon as someone says empty room, everybody will go to projecting an empty room outside of themselves. And that's where they get stuck. That's where people get stuck. They do not understand that they are projecting because they have not gone inward and learned how to feel the difference between being outside and being inside and being aware of themselves from the inside out. And this is the big stumbling block that is present in everything spiritual is the lack of understanding of projecting outward empty room versus being inside and feeling how full you are of love and joy and strength. And love and joy and strength are not mental concepts. Those are things that you can actually feel physically in your body. And this is why it's easier to project and to believe in an empty room outside of yourself than going inside and letting yourself feel everything that is in your heart. There are a great many uh, teachers out there who like to use the void and the emptiness as a carrot to dangle in front of people to have this mystical experience. Oh, you're going to have this mystical experience. And that that's the goal is to have that mystical experience. And that it, but, and, and again, there, there, it's like, here's this carrot, right? The, the dangling that carrot is doing exactly what you do not want to do. And people do not understand that someone dangling a carrot in front of them is exactly what their self-defense mechanisms, their emotional defense mechanisms, their ego defense mechanisms want. That's exactly what your defense mechanisms, your reptilian uh, survival mechanisms want is that carrot outside of yourself in front of your face because then you if, if it's out here you don't have to look here you don't have to look back there everything's out here and again that's the problem that's that's the stumbling block is that it's out here people get used to looking outside of themselves People keep giving power over to their teachers and their gurus and their lamas as if a title or the fact that someone has certain kinds of information makes them more superior. And we do this unconsciously because this is the program, this is the, 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 the child-parent program that we grow up with, that we're born into simply because we are born from a womb. We are born into this pattern naturally and it takes an awful lot of introspection and reflection and discipline and strength to go inside and to, un and to break that, and to break that pattern of attachment, to giving our power away to someone outside of ourselves or something, a concept like the void or emptiness. And that's the thing. It's just a concept. It's a mental construct that we can use to self-identify with, to talk to ourselves about to tell ourselves a story that we're actually getting to this one place, the void or that we're achieving emptiness. Oh, emptiness. 
And what happens is that we can become extremely narcissistic. We can become extremely smug and self-satisfied because we have done so many mental gymnastics to create this concept of emptiness in our minds that we do not understand that we're locking down our bodies that we're projecting onto ourselves this illusion that is keeping us in a loop of mental projection and ego validation and constant survival mechanism. Anything that threatens our concept of emptiness, we, we judge, we get rid of, we belittle, we, we are afraid of, and we won't look at. And we will go to extreme lengths to deny any information that challenges this codependent mental projection of emptiness and the stories and the false feelings attached to this mental projection that we've created for ourselves. Now, stillness is not about emptiness. Stillness is completely the opposite of emptiness. It is welcoming absolutely everything into yourself with no fear. It is accepting everything with no fear. Letting ourselves feel what we need to inside our bodies, becoming aware of what we feel, how we feel it, and accepting and being strong and choosing strength and choosing acceptance of self and being safe with ourselves stops the agitation of the monkey mind and brings stillness into our awareness. Most of the time people become fixated on emptiness, it's because they do not want to be responsible. They want to have this projection of stillness being, or emptiness being outside of themselves and not being aware that there is no stillness inside. There's emptiness outside. I can project it around me. I can control the environment around me, but I have no stillness inside because I'm too busy projecting outward. This illusion, I'm too busy projecting the story onto myself through my, through my brain, through my monkey mind agitation, outward onto the environment around me. And controlling conversations, controlling how people feel, gaslighting other people, gaslighting themselves, gaslighting ourselves. I know this because I used to do this when I used to meditate, when I used to sit for three hours a day and think that I was actually achieving something. When I used to train and, and, and train in the martial arts or use bodybuilding as emotional armor, I would go and negate and suppress everything that I was feeling through training and through lifting weights. This is where I'm talking from. Yes. I think also to you, when you said like gaslighting yourself, I think that's how we can also be really hard on ourselves. Like if we don't feel that emptiness or we don't feel because we, we take the time to be still, right? So we're sitting with ourselves and we're allowing ourselves to feel. I think what happens is we, we get, we can be overwhelmed and I know that used to happen to me. And then I'd be overwhelmed with feeling because I was actually taking the time to feel. And then I would beat myself up because, oh my gosh, I'm not empty. I'm, I'm full of stuff. How do I get rid of all this stuff? Yep. But you actually can get rid of this stuff, quote unquote, that 
if you sit and you feel it and you ask yourself, well, why do I feel this way? Why, why am I, you know, why, why are all these things coming in? And, you know, one thing that you and I talked about this morning after watching that cute little show last night, the midnight gospel was, um, you know, that feeling of stillness that when you sit with it, even for a minute and your body knows it's there, you can come back to it over and over and over again. And it gives you that safe place inside of yourself to feel things. Because I know for me, that's what I did was I would feel all this stuff and then I'd beat myself up because I wasn't empty. And then meditating became almost a way of punishment because I couldn't be like empty because I didn't understand that there's a difference between empty and still, that still is actually just a safe place for you to feel. Yep. Exactly. Um, Absolutely. Perfectly on the money. Uh, Yeah. That moment of stillness, when you first experience stillness. Uh, I know from my own experience, when I first experienced stillness, I felt completely and utterly devastated and overwhelmed. And I didn't want to look at it again. I mean, my ego, I I understand now that it was my defense mechanisms that pushed that experience away and tried to distance myself and put walls in between that feeling and my my own uh, fear-based stories so that I wouldn't look at the stillness, so so that my defense mechanisms, so that my ego would stay safe. And it's very, very, very common as, you know, as you were expressing it and, and from my own experience, like each time, like when I first started experiencing stillness and wanted to go back to it, it was a struggle at first because I beat myself up. I was like, I got overwhelmed because the contrast was so huge and I didn't understand what was going on. And this is, this is the, the stumbling block is that we have such a lack of understanding of how to be still and be accepting of what we feel that when we actually do feel stillness or when we feel something completely different than what we're used to, we will put that feeling in an isolation chamber and put it on the shelf and, or drop it down a deep well and cement that wall, that well closed and bury it under, underneath a mountain of dirt so that we never have to feel it again. Timmy's stuck in the well. Timmy's stuck in the well. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, like feeling overwhelmed is normal because when we are shifting and changing our perception of self and we actually create space inside through stillness, because you cannot do it through emptiness. There's no such thing as being empty because there's so much energy and so much information in our awareness, in our bodies, that trying to be empty is a big illusion and a false story. And the more people try and be empty, the more I tried to be empty, the more I got better at controlling and locking down everything that I felt and everything that I thought. And the more violent my mind actually got towards anything that challenged my control over my reality. And this is one of the things that people also do not understand, especially in the spiritual community, is how violent people's minds can actually be through this type of supposed spiritual awareness and that the judgment of anything that does not correspond to emptiness is extremely violent. And we tend to direct that violent at ourselves, get sad and angry that we feel this way about ourselves and then project it outward without sometimes knowing most of the time without knowing where we harbor this resentment about other people. And we, give ourselves justification 
for being angry or judging other people that are not as spiritual as us. Been there. In aces. Been there in aces. And, you know, it's very humbling. It's very crushing to realize that, or it was very crushing for me to realize that I was completely wrong. Because I I had invested so much time and energy in developing this focus and developing this self-discipline that I thought was self-discipline. That when I discovered that I was actually suppressing and not accepting myself, I, you know, I lost it for about like two or three months. Where I'd, I'd go into work and I would wear a mask at work and I'd come home and I would I would lose it. I'd lose my shit. I would bawl. I would cry because I all of these feelings that I kept suppressed and locked down were, finally had space to come up. And we're finally coming to the surface and I had to look at them and I couldn't stop it. Like this is the other reason why emptiness is an illusion because emptiness is about stopping and imposing a false story on your awareness. Whereas stillness is being able to be centered and aligned and grounded and strong and accepting of everything that comes to the surface and everything that you feel no matter what. And this is where inner peace and actual alignment with your heart and spirit and your Buddhahood, uh, your Taoist cosmic body, whatever you want to call it, your Christ consciousness. This is where this awareness in this space begins to build and grow and blossom. This is why the lotus flower is used in the East so thoroughly and so much is because the lotus flower sits on the surface and grows from having its root go all the way down through the waters of the pond or the river or the, the, the stream that it's in all the way down to the bottom of the stream or the river or the pond into the dirt and it gets its nutrients from the dirt while it sits in the sun. So what we want to understand is how to dig into the dirt and accept that as the natural process while we create our own flower, our own lotus blossom of awareness that sits in the sun, that sits in our own sun of our own wisdom. But we have to dig down into, into the dirt. I was going to say it's like sitting with our own darkness and our light at the same time. Right? Kind of? Or no? Exactly. <laughs> that, that was the, exactly the image that I got was like being still is like being able to sit with those, both of those at the same time because we're not one or the other and we have things. And I think it's really hard to look at the dark places inside of ourselves yep. because we get so attached to certain things. And I know like for me with my own sort of personal transition that there were things that I was, I was remaining attached to that. I was sort of like not letting myself let go of them because my ego was like, but we've invested so much time in this. Yeah. And when you, when you realize like how much time that you've allowed other outside things to either influence you or to, uh, I guess like, yeah, I like control you. Cause sometimes we think like we have more control, but we've allowed these things where we feel like maybe we need to fit in, even though we don't even realize that, for example, we might want to fit in with a group or a workplace or something, but that there's been so much energy placed in holding onto something. It's like, well, I put so much energy into it. I can't let it go. 
And then yeah, you know, if you exactly. do let it go, you realize like, oh, wow, like yep. I'm not trying. I, I have more energy for myself because I'm not holding on to this old thing that's not really serving me anymore. But our egos don't want to let go of it. That's right. So, the the <clears throat> validation through having invested so much time and energy in something. Like for me, my experience was getting married, investing 11 years into a relationship with someone that was all about me hiding and not accepting uh, that I was different and not wanting to be different and not accepting how different I knew I was. And I felt I was from my family and that I did not believe in the whole concept of, you know, nuclear family, you know, getting married, having two kids and having a pet, white picket fence, nice little house, everything. I, I've never honestly believed in that at all. You know, it was 11 year process of me, you know, building up, being so constantly overwhelmed by the constant uh, suppression of myself that at 11 years, everything just blew up in my face. And what that experience taught me is that the emptiness that I was projecting onto myself, the concept of being calm, cool, and collected, while underneath I felt this all this rage and fury at suppressing myself. That's the real crucible of my understanding of the difference between emptiness and stillness. Because even within that suppression of myself during that relationship that I got, you know, where I got married and then I got divorced and all that and how it all blew up, I could still feel this center point of understanding of what I was doing. And that center point was always right. <laughs> no matter how much I tried to ignore it. No, much, no matter how much I tried to convince myself that I was not hearing that space inside and that I was actually okay with what was going on, right? And that I wasn't overwhelmed with how angry I was. And of course, everything blew up and everything showed me that that little center point, that inner voice that I had, that feeling inside had been right the entire time Everything that it had been telling me was right, like eerily accurate, like pinpoint, like I, I still shake my head at, you know, feeling that space inside of me uh, getting louder and louder and louder because the it was getting closer and closer to the surface. And it got to a point where there was so much built up, so much discipline that I was counterbalancing my false story with that the actual discipline that I was building up inside of myself blew up my control. It blew up my story that I was okay with what was going on, that I was happy. And I could not ignore anymore the actual space of self-denial that I was trying to ignore. What I learned from that is how emptiness that projection that I'm okay, that I'm still like, okay, no matter what's going on, you know, projecting outward into the outside world is a real thing and how much I was projecting that onto myself and that it's a real feeling that you can feel in your body. 
and that it's not a mental gymnastics. It's the feeling in your body where you know, even if your mind is trying to tell you a story, even if you have the monkey mind chattering away, you actually have an ability to feel truth, irrevocable, uncontestable, absolute truth in your body as a physical experience. And it was overwhelming when everything blew up because I kept everything so locked down and I kept myself in this rigid straight line concept of who I was just to be accepted by my family to go through the marriage and to try and have this, this normal sort of space of family and everything like that. But that I had never believed in and that I had never wanted for myself there. I'm, you know, fine with, you know, the whole family dynamic with my mom and dad and, and my brother. But in terms of myself, my own reality was that I had never believed in that reality in the first place. I liked it. I, I'm a social person. I like being able to hang out with family and friends. But I've never felt the actual attraction to getting married for the sake of acceptance, of it being a normal thing that people do. And what breaking that pattern showed me again was how I did not understand acceptance of self, how I did not understand how to be okay with what I actually felt. And even though I've been building up this discipline of awareness and uh, learning how to disconnect from codependence and breaking codependent habits and patterns, and healing myself of all these stories that I've been telling myself, I had actually not ever really looked at how the family pattern and story, the family story that I'd grown up in was not my story and that it was not my reality. It was not even like nothing remotely interested me in my family story. Still to this day, does not. The feelings that would happen inside of me of beating myself up for rejecting my family, oh my God, rejecting family, rejecting marriage, getting divorced, all these feelings of, of, of grief and self-judgment and how hard I was on myself that I quote, you know, where my, my emotional defense mechanisms were trying to get me to believe that I had failed at life that I actually failed at life and that I wasn't going to achieve anything. And that I had this dialogue running in my head all the time alongside this, Oh my God, I am so relieved. I'm so happy now. I can't believe that I actually did it finally. And that I have this, all this space to myself and I can actually breathe and I'm relaxed for the first time in 11 years. I'm relaxed for the first time in 11 years and I've never, ever felt so happy in my life. So having these two contrasting stories in my awareness and vacillating or going back and forth between one story and then the other was a huge education for me. It was huge in terms of understanding how I've been projecting onto myself this false happiness, this false positivity, this false space of balance. Balance based in the external world. Balance based on what I can accomplish in the external world. 
family, kids, friends, all that. And when that all imploded, when that all disintegrated, I didn't have any of those attachments. I didn't have any of that story left. I had nothing left to give to that story and it disintegrated. And I was left with this huge empty space that I felt inside of me, this huge void, this huge hole that was suddenly there. And I realized that what I was experiencing was the void, was actual emptiness, but it was also stillness. It wasn't just emptiness because I had built up this discipline inside and suddenly everything that I was holding space against was, was gone and disappeared. All of that anger and, and everything disappeared. And that construct that I was trying to, that box that I was trying to fit myself into disappeared. I suddenly had all this quiet space inside. I realized that my mind was incredibly, incredibly quiet and incredibly still because I was no longer pushing against and holding my space against all this external pressure, all this pressure from my emotional defense mechanisms and all this pressure from my survival mechanisms, my mental projections wanted to survive, my illusions wanted to survive, and I had just blown up the biggest thing in my life that was holding it all together. And I realized that that emptiness that I had been pretending to have in my life, that stillness that I've been pretending to have, I could actually finally feel, not just for a minute, but I could feel it all the time because I'd actually built it up inside of me without realizing how much I'd actually done because I was so busy trying to hold on to that external ego validation. I did not realize how much I had actually done for myself and how much hard space I'd actually connected with until I suddenly had the space to feel it and to accept that that's what I was feeling and accepting that that was actually me and that that was actually what I was feeling threw into complete contrast everything in my past. Threw into complete contrast everything that I had felt prior to that moment of accepting that space inside of me and accepting what I felt inside of me versus looking outside of myself and taking care of or caretaking someone else's reality or a whole bunch of other realities just because I wanted to be loved and just because I wanted to be accepted that way. And going inside and feeling that space that I had inside after everything blew up after my marriage and realizing how much love I actually had for myself was one of the biggest gifts I've ever given myself because I could feel that space inside and it did not move. It has not gone away. And it's one of those things where, you know, everyone talks about waking up to, well, you have your Buddha nature inside of you. Your Christ consciousness is with you all the time. You just have to wake up to it. That, that was the moment when I woke up and I realized that that is true. That that is a space that had always been inside of me, that I'd always felt inside of me. But I never wanted to look at it because I had all of these distractions in the outside world. And getting divorced and suddenly having space, not having to hold my own against so much pressure from the outside world, suddenly opened up this huge 
awareness of this feeling inside of me and this connection inside of me and made me understand that that space is something that I'd always carried in my heart. And that learning how to listen to my heart was the biggest gift I'd ever given myself. And that trying to project outwardly this concept of emptiness onto myself, onto my life, this concept of balance and peace onto my outside world had never given me the space to feel everything inside until it happened. So when I began to sit with that space and let myself feel that space and let myself feel all of the information that I had in that space, in my heart, aligned with my heart, it was one of the biggest educations in terms of the difference between being in my head and being in my heart. Because dealing with the story, dealing with the illusion of being happy in my marriage threw into complete contrast how caught up in mental projection of happiness I had been without being connected to my heart and without letting myself feel what I felt in my heart. And this is how I really came to understand the difference between emptiness and stillness and how I came to understand that the only way to truly find myself and the illusion of finding self in an external projection of emptiness and how that's false because of the direct experience of feeling everything physically, that emotional impact, that shock in our system that we feel when we stub our toe. It's literally like stubbing, you know, it felt like I was stubbing my toe on a grand cosmic scale and everything was in sharp contrast to that and everything changed and everything felt different. And at first I was completely overwhelmed and I had a really hard time looking at being overwhelmed because I wanted to go back, that part of me that wanted to go back to the stability of being in a space of control and projecting that control and not actually looking inside and how, and understanding how safer it was for my ego and my fears to project outward than it was to look inside and how much harder it was to look inside, but how much things changed faster and more profoundly once I did start to give myself that space and accept that space and let myself feel, even though I'd, I'd cry, you know, days I couldn't get out of bed, I couldn't go to the office because I had so much anger coming up, but just giving myself that space, acknowledging that space that I had to let myself feel or I would go back to the old space it was the biggest incentive. I was just going to say too, I think that sometimes, you know, looking at, I think everybody's had some experience in their life where you feel like your whole life kind of blew up or right. Like, or you got the, the frying pan over the head to go, are you sure you're going in the right direction? And I think sometimes that we, when we feel that space that we feel like, Oh my God, I have to make, these huge life uh, decisions or, or change direction. And sometimes it's, it's not that you even have to react right away. Like in your case for you, you knew that divorce was the right thing for you, right? But yep. that doesn't necessarily mean that just because someone else 
has those feelings. Like if they have a different partner where they could talk to, they can evolve together. It's different. Like I think sometimes we get scared of seeing those spaces or feeling those things or feeling what you're doing to yourself because, and then we get afraid about, well, if I say something, what happens then? Like what happens? We start making up other stories. We can make up other stories too. So it's hard for us to like, for people to look because we think, oh my gosh, am I going to have to do what Jane down down the street did, right? But but it's not even that you have to make those huge decisions. It's, it's like, you have to just feel it and go, okay, well, what, and take the time to go, what is actually the best thing for me? It doesn't have to be a drastic decision or what people well, And it's our egos that actually, you know, say, oh, that's such a drastic thing to do. Right. So it's sometimes it's just like going, okay, well, how, let me, let me sit with this for a bit and like, take the time to examine, like, what is it that I'm actually feeling and what really would be the best thing for me? And, you know, sometimes it, it is, it's a really big life-changing thing. Well, and it always is a life-changing thing. I think it just depends on how we're going to perceive like what's happening, how we perceive what's happening too, yep. whether it's, you know, um, I think we just, we get, we get scared of looking at those things because we think, Oh my God, like I'm going to have to, Mm-hmm. No, then then our mind starts to run away with other yeah. stories. Whereas it's like, no, just sit and feel it, and then the decision or the that will that will come to you too if you can, you know, sit with those feelings. I think I don't know if I'm explaining that right, but you know, because everybody's journey is different. Yeah, and no, you're you're absolutely right, and you're 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 kind of reading my mind because this that's that's what I wanted to address next. Cool. Yeah. Um, you know, and to clarify, like my, my experience is my own. I was in a relationship with someone who did not want to communicate and who did not want to grow and did not have the capacity to grow. And that's why we had to go our separate ways. And that is my story. And that is not anyone else's story. And no one else should uh, believe that they have to do what I've done because my path is my own and everyone else is in a completely different space. I mean, sure, there there might be parallels or there might be uh, commonalities in what I'm sharing in terms of yeah. patients and some of the personal experiences that other people are experiencing in their lives. Um, but in, in, in no way, shape, or form should my story be taken as something that needs to happen for someone else. My, my learning was to understand how someone could not want to grow because I have always wanted to. And that's what my whole relationship was about. And ending that space and stepping out of that space was a huge catalyst in understanding mental projection versus heart alignment. And that's what I wanted to clarify. And that's what I wanted to uh, share with everyone today is the understanding of being in the monkey mind chatter and in the false stories versus actually understanding the feeling of alignment with heart and the stillness inside that we can build for ourselves. And I mean, the other thing that I want to share is that even while this was going on in my relationship and my marriage, I was still building a great deal of self-awareness inside that constrained space. It is possible to do so inside a relationship that is not entirely balanced. Building your own awareness and building your own um, alignment with your heart has nothing to do with the person that you're with, the job that you're in, or the family that you have. Every everything that I'm that I'm sharing is my own personal experience. 
But the core key element that I hope everyone takes is understanding that it does not matter what's going on the on on in the outside world. You have to look inside. You have to dig through the dirt of everything that you're feeling. You have to look inside and let yourself feel what you're feeling. And you can do this inside a relationship. I mean, if you have a partner and you're in a relationship and you have someone that you can talk to and communicate and you actually have space to grow, you have space to grow. That's awesome and amazing. And even in that constrained relationship that I had where I got married, I still had space to grow. It was hard at at times, but I still managed to build space for myself using my my divorce as an example is just one way to look at this concept of projecting emptiness projecting balance being addicted to this to the externalization of self giving up your power to an outside aspect that is in your life be it a car be it a person be it a relationship, be it family, be it a job. The thing that I'm trying to uh, explain here with all these words is the difference between being caught in mental projection and in the monkey mind chatter and analysis versus being in your heart and listening to your heart and building a life for you that allows you to continue to grow and build from your heart versus your mental projections. So when we find ourselves, when we find those spaces of stillness and quiet inside of ourselves, those are moments of space and energy that we can use to actually understand ourselves in deeper ways. When we give ourselves the contrast of feeling the agitation of the monkey mind versus our heart space, we learn that there are more spaces to discover and more spaces to heal, more spaces to look at. Working on the concept of emptiness as a point of reference is good, but who we are, even when we are aligned with our heart, is is not empty because there is a lot of joy, there's a lot of strength, and there is an incredible depth inside our hearts that is not empty. It is filled with who we are. And my experience of getting married and trying to get acceptance from my family by following the family story was me projecting onto myself that I needed all these external things to be somebody. And that... I needed that experience to be able to understand how much I was not listening to myself and how much I actually had inside of myself that I finally felt when I let go of that old space. And that's really what I'm talking about using all these words to describe a personal experience. So I'm talking about an old space that is stagnant, that is based in mental projection versus the constant changing, evolving, growing space of being connected to your heart and being aligned with your heart and your bigger spaces of your higher self, if you want to call it, your your soul body, 
your celestial space in you know Tao's cosmology, your Christ consciousness, your higher self, and and other realms of joy and and love that you can invite into your life when you are aligned with your heart. So for me, the the experience of stepping out of an old space and letting go of a false story of who I was was a profound catalyst for rapidly uh, rediscovering my ability to connect with my heart and my ability to hear with clarity that space inside my heart and understand the difference between emptiness and stillness. And from my, my experience of understanding that moment in those spaces is why I believe and I understand that the whole concept of emptiness and projecting and using these um, meditations or these concepts of emptiness and using a guided meditation that's based on emptiness is a very superficial thing to do because it, it it does not reflect how full you are of love and joy and strength inside your heart. Because when you go inside, you discover all of your information. When you go inside, you discover all of those contrasts and all that information in terms of uh, stagnant spaces of monkey mind projection versus being aligned with your heart. So the idea of becoming still inside is about acceptance and gratitude for everything outside in the world, outside of your heart, job, family, friends, that is actually giving you a concrete reference point for feeling the difference in your heart versus what's going on in the outside world. The discipline that you can give yourself with observing and finding stillness through observation is very, very different than projecting emptiness onto yourself and using the concept of like an empty room because everyone immediately has an idea of what an empty room is. But no one has, the mind cannot understand, no one has an idea of what it feels like to be inside your heart until you go inside your heart and you step out of your mind. And when you step out of your monkey mind, you can build that space of stillness inside. So finding your ability to breathe and listen to your body is vital and essential to actually developing an ability to be responsible with everything that you feel. Instead of projecting emptiness and balance onto what you're feeling, to control what you're feeling, you have to let go of that control and you have to let yourself feel whatever it is that you feel. And, and I'm not talking about, you know, randomly shouting out words or, or dancing in the street, although dancing in the street is lots of fun. It's about just letting everything move inside of you, letting yourself feel everything inside of you and letting yourself accept and be grateful for feeling everything that is inside of you. Because it is through going inside that you can understand the space that is not based on your monkey mind agitation, on your mental analysis, and that's not based on your thoughts. You are not your thoughts. You are what is behind your thoughts 
that is behind the ego and what your ego is hiding underneath all of that. Your fear-based ego is hiding underneath all of that, all of the feelings. All of the feelings that you feel inside of you are your information and your personal wisdom. I'm not talking about the anger or the judgment. Again, you have to be very, very vigilant to not get caught in judgment or fear and anger because those are stories that your self-defense mechanisms like to tell you to keep you hijacked and keep you from feeling that space inside. Thank you for joining us today on The Open Door. We have enjoyed our discussion and hope you have too. Until next time, we're Kelly. And Kelly.